Let Factor help you hit your 2023 goals. Factor shops, preps, cooks, and delivers to your door. So you can enjoy chef-crafted, dietitian approved meals, minus the hassle, giving you more time to do everything else you want to do. These fresh, never-frozen meals are delicious and nutritious. I love Factor. It is easy. And here's the thing. When you're trying to get healthier, when you're trying to eat better, the hardest thing in the world is shopping for one or two and doing the right portions and also getting creative. With calorie smart and keto options, Factor meals are perfectly portioned to keep you on track with your goals. And they make eating vegan or veggie a snap. Factor now offers over 30 meal options per week. That's the creativity I'm talking about. Plus, you can round out your meals and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of sweets, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. Each Factor meal arrives pre-prepared by their team of chefs, ready to heat and eat in just two minutes. Nothing is easier. Head to factormeals.com slash JTrain50. Use code JTrain50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code JTrain50, 5-0, at factormeals.com slash JTrain50 to get 50% off your first box. Hello and welcome to the J Train Podcast. This is J Train Jared Free coming to you live from Boca. That's right. Every Monday we take your emails, we read your questions, we hear your stories. Keep sending them in. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. That's where you send it. Anything, lifestyle, dating, you got a problem with a friend, send it in. J Train Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you also for being a listener. Thank you for sharing. You guys are unbelievable. You're sharing with friends and coworkers and brothers and sisters. What a beautiful thing. The gift of J-Train. The gift of taking, you give someone a podcast, an hour of their life that they can take their brain and put it on the shelf and they don't have to worry about their own problems. They can listen to other people's problems. And what's better than that is everyone has issues but you. So listen. Make sure you share, 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 make your Instagram story, let people know, talk about the show. Also, there might be an issue that comes up on today's episode that you're like, I was just talking about that with so-and-so. That's who you sent it to. Listen to these two idiots talk about you without having to look you in the eye. That's a good thing. So keep sharing the podcast um, and thank you for already sharing. Um, And if I'm thanking you, if you're like, I've never shared and I'm thanking you, I, that's a little awkward. I, I would want to like, you know, get that thank you. So let a friend know, a brother, a sister, a mama, a papa. I'm on the road, people. If you're listening right now, it is, I'm, gonna, I'm in Vancouver this week. So I'm going to be in Vancouver um, in Canada. Oh, Canada. I'm there Wednesday and Thursday. The Thursday show is sold out. The Wednesday show has tickets available. I'm coming to Aruba. I'm, I'm hanging out with Aruba Ray. So if you're down there, I'm going to be there. Irvine, California, Indianapolis, Spokane, Oklahoma City. Then I'm coming to Europe, Dublin. I just booked my ticket. I'm so excited. Belfast, London, Copenhagen, Amsterdam, Berlin, Oslo, then Nashville. I got dates coming all the time. So... If you didn't hear your city and you're listening to this at a later date, go to jaredfree.com. I'm always adding jaredfree.com, jaredfree.com. Um, very excited for today's guest, new to the J Train podcast, co-host of Celebrity Memoir Book Club, Ashley Hamilton. Thank you for coming on. Thanks for having me. I actually just booked a ticket to, we're doing Dublin in a couple weeks too, and I just booked the ticket like seconds really? ago. So isn't it exciting to book yeah. a ticket for a trip you're excited about. Not that I'm not excited for every trip I take, but, you know, an international travel, right? Sometimes you're just like, wow, this is like a vacation and I get to do a show? Sick. Right. Now, you are co-host of the Celebrity Memoir Book Club. We have had Claire on the show way back when, I think more during pandemic times, but the show has exploded. You guys are super popular. Amaz- Explain the show to the listeners if they don't know it already. 
Um, we read celebrity memoirs and then we analyze them. We tell you what we think. Um, and mostly just like walk you through the memoir so that whenever you've seen a celebrity memoir and you say like, I wonder what that person has to say. Like, we'll tell you. Right. A Cliff's <laughs> Notes version of, of the, the book. What do you, so give me the weirdest celebrity to have. Give me like, a, is there a list of cele- like, who can you name off the top of your head that you're like, this person has a memoir? Like memoir, I think of like political people and, you know, thought leaders. I, I, like who yeah. has memoirs? I mean, everyone now. It's insane. I mean, if you've watched Selling Sunset, we've done Chriselle Staus and Christine Quinn from Selling Sunset. And it's just why why would they have a memoir? I don't know. But they do. And I've read them. Um, There's so many random people. Like, what is Chriselle? And I know she has a story where I think she was homeless at one point. Like, yeah, her story, I feel like could have actually been kind of interesting. But she didn't. Whoever her ghostwriter was did not write it that way. It really was just like. I don't know. My family, our house burnt down, but now I, I then I was on a soap opera. So that's cool. <laughs> and you're like, okay. But how many pages is that book? Like, how do they stretch it? Like, you know, I, I guess my question is like, you know, like it, 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 the selling sunset Chris Shell, which yeah. she, her whole thing was that I was homeless. Like, I, I, that's all I know about. It. I don't even watch the show. And I yeah. know that, which is a Hers? hard, you go, but you go, okay, that's her, that, this, this is why she's a, you know, a top sales woman, salesperson, like, but then to not talk about it in the book, like. Yeah, it's, I mean, she mentions it, but it doesn't feel like that. I don't know. She doesn't really draw it out. She just like kind of tells you the bullet points of what her childhood was like. And then. I don't, that book is really interesting because it's like the same ghostwriter who I recognize from a lot of the more like frivolous, like just shoot this off memoirs. Mm. And she does this thing where she like bullet points at the end of every chapter. And then there's these other listicles throughout. So how they draw it out is by making almost none of it writing. It's all right. just like bullet points. And like there's like a probably a Sudoku in some of them. I don't really know. Right. What is happening? And like even the more legit celebrities like Anna Kendrick wrote a memoir when she was like 28 or something. And you're just like, but why? Right. I guess it. So my assumption is a twofold. Why? One yeah. book, the book industry is in trouble and they need something that will sell and they need something on. I, I, tell me if I'm wrong. This is my assumption, yeah. please, that they want someone on the cover that makes someone buy a book. And I would say the other part of it is that it's easy money for these celebrities. Is that what it is? I think so. I also suspect that a lot of them are like, I don't know, you become a celebrity because you think quite highly of yourself. So I feel like if someone suggests to you, like, do you think you should write a book? They're like, of course I should. Who better to write a book than me? And you're like, I guess a lot of people, but. That's like the opposite answer that I would give. Right. Oh, yeah. Don't you think I, I because I'm I agree with you. I would think, oh, their first answer is, oh, of course, the the world needs to hear my tale. Yeah. Um, but I also do you think any of them are like, no. And they're like, it's a million dollars. Like, all you have to do is say yes and never like I do you think they never read their own books. Yes, I don't think a lot of them read their own books. But also <laughs> I do. I don't know how many of them like have the self-awareness to be like. No, I shouldn't tell my story at this time. Do you know what? I, right. The things that they come out with, I'm like, I don't think that that is a thought process. I don't well, think any of them are like, well, let me wait until I really experience some things. They'll all like Christine Quinn's book is very like, here's how you can be as successful as me, someone who's on a reality show, and you're like, okay, I don't know that this is like applicable advice. Right. I. I. It's. It's fascinating. Well, well other than yeah. cele- you know reality show people like who uh, who had the craziest book that maybe someone should go read um i mean some of them are really interesting or i mean yeah we read more than just reality people but i'm trying to think like will smith's is a fun one that i always think about just because he really is like when people are like who is the kind of person that becomes an a-list movie star it's will smith i feel like Whenever we have these right. stories about like Will Smith or Tom Cruise or someone like that, like being kind of a looney tune, everyone is just like, but how? And it's like, well, that's why they're as successful as they are. It's not like there is a number one action hero in this world who isn't like insane. 
Right. And, and I guess, yeah, you're and you're like a business person. You're a hustler in a way yeah. that like I, I think like, you know, we know we are in, in a certain way, like Hollywood adjacent, you know, like, yeah, we're, we are. We know the types like to us. It's not a surprise that someone is like this hustle person that may, like when people did you guys do the Prince Harry book? Yeah. Yet? Yeah. Like, yeah. When I hear about Meghan Markle, like it seems like she is a hustler. Like it yes. seems like she knows how to get to the top of whatever mountain is in front of her. And it happened to be Harry, Prince Harry. Does that make yeah. sense? But that's my yeah. assumption from far away. I don't know enough to even say that to make that have that opinion. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, we haven't read her. Like, I don't, she doesn't have a book yet. So I don't know, like her perspective specifically. But in his book, he talks about her you know, having a blog and working on all these charities, like before they met, she had like eight, her eggs were in like eight different baskets. Like she was mm. like, okay, I'm on this TV show suits. But when people talk about her being like a D-list celebrity actress, I'm like, she was going to be a household name no matter what. Right. She right. had a blog. She had all this stuff going on. I'm like, I don't know. And I'm not saying that in like a bad way where like, I think that people <laughs> think I'm saying this to be like bitchy. But the thing is, if someone is a household name, they like worked really hard at it. Right, right. No this one is, is. I we are on the same page. I totally yeah. agree. I'm sorry to interrupt because I I agree with it because I think the everyday Joe and Jim, like the everyday person yeah. that's just like they're on TV. I think they think like, oh, they were talented and they were plucked from obscurity, and it's like no, that this was all yeah. way more thought out than anyone. Yeah would lead you to believe and also as that Meghan Markle would lead you to believe that oh yes. I'm just I just love acting I love stage acting no there was really yeah. a lot of like uh, things that were done that people don't get out of bed for normally the amount of work that goes into making an A-lister is not cute it's not like a fun story it's like deeply effortful and so no one talks about it and so then when you hear these stories of these people behind the scenes being like so hands-on so type a so like like they wake up and they're like on the treadmill at 6 a.m you're like yeah that's what it takes like no one right. there are so many people who are just like kind of in hollywood or like on tv and they will make a really good living doing commercials or something like that if you want to be the star you're you're a crazy person <laughs> right well this, and and you you're learning that from their their books kind of tell you that a little bit. Yeah, the books like really let it out. People would be like, oh my God, I did not expect so-and-so to be like such a zany person. And you're like, right. well, they are. So. Yes, they are. <laughs> well, Ashley, I'm so pumped to have you on the show. I have a couple more questions because this is very interesting yeah. to me. I want people to go check out Celebrity Memoir Book Club. It's on Tuesdays. They have new episodes every Tuesday. They got a Patreon, all that good stuff. Go follow on Instagram. Follow Ashley at Ashley Ham with three M's. Go follow, go follow, go get involved with this podcast. Add it to your, you know, your 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 podcast, uh, you know, schedule. Because I yeah. always say, you you know, everyone's looking for something for each day of the week and make Celebrity uh, Memoir Book Club a part of your Tuesdays. Is there a celebrity? Give me your favorite celebrity. I, I, well, you said Will Smith. So that is that your favorite? No, 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 no. That's just like a really fun one. I do you know what Molly Shannon was like a dark horse great book like I've heard of that book from other people that that book was talked about right didn't yeah. people love it yeah it was just very surprising because I was like oh yeah Molly Shannon cool she's cool mm -hmm. and I she might not I mean she's obviously a lunatic I feel like anyone who like all hands on deck pursues stardom is like crazy but there is so much like she's pretty down to earth there's a heartbreak there's triumph there is it's funny it's a good book. Right. I feel like the best books would come from friend in a in a major movie. Yeah. Like like Except, if you're the friend of oh go ahead. Do you know who wrote one of the most boring books we've ever read is um Judy is her name Judy Greer? She's like the best friend in every movie. I know She's exactly. In. She's like the redhead. She's like the one that Yeah. yeah. And and she kind of like joked about being the best friend in every movie. Yeah, her book is called You Don't Know or I Don't Know Where You Know Me From or something like that. She's in like The Wedding Planner and um, the one, what's that movie? I think she's in like 27 Dresses. She's right. in everything as like the best friend. And so you're like, oh my God, she's going to have so much tea from being 
like in she, like such proximity to stardom right. and she just she gives nothing. I just looked her up. Uh yeah, she's she and she's got like friend of the main character face, so to speak, and yeah. I don't mean that to be a negative, but reboot 13 going on 30. Um Jawbreaker. She was in arrested development. I'm looking she's at her so much stuff. She does have friend of the main character face where you're like, <laughs> oh, in like a traditional setting, I would see you and think you were so pretty. But like next to Jennifer Lopez, you're like the girl who can't get a boyfriend. <laughs> right. She's the right. she's the wife and Ant, uh, the ex-wife and Ant-Man. I forgot about that. She's yeah. 27 dresses, the wedding planner, what women want. She's been in. all. Oh, my God. She's been in them all. Um, yeah. Yeah. So no, but I. So she was boring. I. But I would assume, like, because of Molly Shannon, I guess my assumption is like, you're there for the the weird. But I guess if you want to work again, you have to like. To me, it's yeah. funny that she's a hustler. Judy Greer is a hustler in herself. To even name your book, the face you kind of recognize. She's like commoditizing. Yeah. You know, being the yeah. friend in the movie. Truly. Yeah, it is. It's all hustle. I'm trying to think of like which other ones are good, like is good there, books. Is there a celebrity you wish had a memoir? Like, what's the one you're waiting on? There are a lot. I mean, there are some where I'm just like, oh, I think she's cool. So it might be a fun book and it might not be. I feel like one book that I want so badly, but will never, ever get is Katie Holmes's book. Because right. we read um, Leah Remini, who left Scientology and like made a whole second career about being like, I left Scientology. Right. And her book book like there's so much tea on tom cruise on just scientology in general i didn't know that much about it before i read her book and i feel like katie holmes the way that she i mean katie holmes's wedding to tom cruise is in leah remini's book and their whole relationship is so bizarre and i would really love to hear her side of the story and like what it was like to be plucked into that system right but, oh go ahead i'm sorry oh I, i'm i was just saying since she has like a daughter with Tom Cruise, I don't, I think that they would just like murder her if she wrote about it. So <laughs> I don't think we'll get it. Well, it's funny that I laugh at that. I'm like, yeah, you're right. You <laughs> yeah, know, like, <laughs> they probably will. <laughs> right. Well, they, it's, it's interesting. Cause when she dated Tom Cruise, it was like the height of his, like known as crazy Tom Cruise. Like if you look at Tom yeah. Cruise's career, there's like, there's like up and coming Tom Cruise. There's famous Tom Cruise. There's, crazy Tom Cruise and that's when she kind of got involved yeah and when then, he was like jumping on the couch being like I love Katie Holmes right and now he has this different reputation of like oh no he's not, he's totally normal like he's totally a great guy like that's the the thing you hear about him is like oh no he's the best guy and it's like what a what a, what a roller coaster but you know, in my yeah. I, I, based on what you're saying, like Kate Holmes, Kate Holmes has a certain hustler to her as well to be in that. Yeah, I will say the great guy thing. I feel like people love to do that to like, like they love to like get in on like the individual level and be like, yeah, but he was really nice to me, and it's like, right. yeah, and he like participates. He's like a high level person in an organization that is like a literal murderous cult. Like, right? <laughs> okay, right. how like, good a guy so, could he be? Yeah, it's so cool that he paid for your coffee. Ask him right. where like Sally Miskovich is. <laughs> right, and then they, they like they're like he gives a coke and a cake. To yeah. all these people like that's a, that's like an article I've read. I, I heard it on another podcast of like he's infamous for giving good yeah. housewarming gifts. And you're like, OK, him and like a lot of those other like big A-list stars. Like what I meant when I, like when I was talking about you don't become that guy just by like sitting on your ass. One story we've heard about Tom Cruise is that he has mm. like excellent like recognition of people. So like if you meet him once, he'll like remember you next time and be like, and how are your kids? And then you feel so special right. because you're like, yeah, Tom Cruise knows exactly who I am. And it's like, no, Tom Cruise has a flashcard with your face on it. And well, he like <laughs> it shows you how important those things are to just humans. Like our pleasure oh, yeah. centers are like totally like if you were like remembering people's names, like when you when people Cheers. say I never remember names, we just think you're an asshole. Like, and yes. when you do remember names, we think the exact opposite. Yeah, it's so. And even if you're like nice about not remembering names, I feel like people forgive it. But if you like walk into a room and act like you've never met someone that you have 
met oh I, like those are people that like i'm just like oh i'll hate you till i die like right. i <laughs> you're i'll i'll kill you i don't and know if, <laughs> and if tom cruise is like ashley hamilton love the I'd podcast like, you're like i don't care what cult you run I'd be like, Scientology is good, and let me know where I can sign. <laughs> right, it's it is like our it is our just our human. It's like the most animalistic thing that we don't think about. Well, I'm pumped you're here, yeah. Ashley. So I want everyone to go follow Ashley at Ashley Ham Three M's. Um, also, Celebrity Memoir Book Club comes out every Tuesday. Are you ready to get to some emails? We have some good ones. Yes, I'm excited. Okay, I'm pumped too. Before we get started, uh, whatever your style is, you got to rock it. Need a nudge to find some new looks? Stitch Fix can help you out. This year, let Stitch Fix take care of everything you wear. Stitch Fix is easy to use and fun to get started. Answer a few questions about what you like, what you don't like, and how open you are to trying something new. Then let Stitch Fix's expert stylist go to work. Here's what I love about Stitch Fix. I Trying things on in your own home your own mirrors, you can walk around your room, you can put on different shoes, how will I style it, and then you can make a decision without someone at the store hanging o- oh, hanging over you. Is everything okay in there? You're never going to have to hear that with Stitch Fix. They send it to you, you take what you like, you send back what you don't, done. Every piece is handpicked for you and is unique to your size, style, and budget. Keep what you love and send back what you don't. Shipping, returns, and exchanges are easy and free. Plus, there's no subscription required. Try once or set up automatic deliveries with no hidden fees. Sign up for Stitch Fix and get the season's latest styles for women, men, and kids. Sign up today at Stitch Fix. That's Let me go back to that. Kids. If you're sitting there with a little kid, you don't want to have to go to the store. Have it delivered to you. You don't have to make that trip and have to wrangle these kids and try try on clothes with someone hanging over you again. Is everything okay in there? Yeah, I have a kid that I have to put into clothes and figure things out. So what a great option. Sign up today at stitchfix.com slash JTrain. Get $20 off your first purchase. That's stitchfix.com slash JTrain to get $20 off your first purchase. Limited time offer. Purchase within two days of sign up. Okay, so we're here with Ashley Hamilton. Very excited. Celebrity Memoir Book Club. Uh, Let's get to the emails. You ready? Yes. Horny and celibate. Okay. J-Train, love everything you do. See see you whenever you're in my town. I, 30-year-old female, started seeing a guy, 32-year-old male, in early December who I met on Bumble. I really like this guy, but he says he wants to wait to have sex until we have a deeper connection. This drives me crazy. I'm a very sexual person, and he claims to be too. And he claims to be too, but he can't give me a timeline for when we can finally do the deed. We have sleepovers and hot makeouts, some heavy petting, but zero touching privates. I feel like a teenager. He keeps saying it'll be worth the wait, but I'm sick of waiting. The other morning, I was basically begging him to have sex. What do I do? I tell him I think having sex will make our connection stronger, but he's stuck on waiting. But waiting till when? How do I address this without feeling like I'm pressuring him and making him feel uncomfortable? Is he waiting until we're official? He won't tell me. I think it's too early to have the I want to be your girlfriend talk, so I'm not sure where to go from here. Please help. Horny in the city. What do you think, Ashley Hamilton? Um, I kind of wonder if there's, I don't know if this is like a fucked up thing to say, but I wonder if there's something right. he's like waiting to tell you. I agree. I My first thought was there's a lie going on. Yeah. Um, like you have to wonder, like, is he seeing someone else? Is he trying to close up an old relationship? There's more questions than answers with this email. Yeah. And I do feel like it's fair to be like, OK, I respect your decision, but like I need to know what that looks like like i i deserve like a timeline or like an understanding of what you want because it's a relationship that i'm in too and so if you can't like tell me what is happening here like it's not fair that all of the control is in your court even though like it's not fair to pressure him into having sex right i guess if the roles were reversed like i agree with you like it's yeah there's too much vagueness here to not question the motives of why he wants to wait and the like the idea of feeling i do agree with you like it feels like he's like judging whether you're sex worthy, so yeah. to speak. Like it, it, it's a little bit, but I I guess if I, I I'm trying to think of switching the gender roles here because to be as fair as possible. But I'm 
I'll say from the guy's point of view, from my point of view, the reason to push off sex is because you're afraid that sex makes this more serious for the other party. Like I, yeah. like in my mind, it's like, I like that she's like, I need sex to make a decision. She kind of says like, you know, I think having sex will make our, well, she says having yeah. sex will make our connection stronger and he might be more afraid of that than anything else. Yeah, so I would say, honestly, I would, it sounds like he's not ready to like make this serious yet. So right. I would maybe just like keep options open and not think that you're like fully in a relationship, if that makes sense. Like, I think no. that it kind of means like if he's going to say like, okay, this isn't that deep yet, then you can be like, okay, it's not that deep yet. Yeah, I don't think they're in a relationship at all. Like, I, that's why yeah. to me, to me, it feels like it, it would be less probable in my eyes that he's like, I'm just waiting. I, I just don't know about you while he has no one else. Yeah. Like, so like, like you think maybe he's like dating two people at around the same like length. And he's like, I don't know which one I want to. I think I'm going to make this one my girlfriend. But if that doesn't work out, then I'll go back to this other girl. I don't know. I, I, I guess. Yeah. I, or he's in deeper with someone else and he's trying to figure out if he should get out of that to jump to this. I, I yeah. it just, it, 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 it's very, you know, when something f seems foreign to me, I'm like, listen, I'm not every guy, but I'm in the center part of the bell curve. Like this all feels a little bit backwards to me. So like, to me, it's like two options. It's like, he's worried about disappointing someone. So he's like, I'd rather date and be totally sure, but that doesn't really take her feelings into account at all. It's like, oh, you get yeah. to be totally sure. And then I have to see if we're sexually compatible and then I'm left with like a relationship with someone I'm sexually not cat, uh, compatible with. Like I, I, that's not fair, but I do understand yeah. where she's like, well, w w our connection will be deeper if we have sex. And he's like, yeah, that's what I'm afraid of. Then we have a deeper connection. We've had sex and I have to end it because it didn't do much for me. And I'm still deciding on the relationship. Like that's like the most empathetic lane yeah. I can give to him. Yeah, I feel like you're allowed to be like, okay, we need to like get to the bottom of what this means, like why you right. keep saying this, because I feel like, yeah, I think overall it's not super fair when the ball is like entirely in someone else's court like that. It right. like feels like kind of a control thing where like maybe he is being nice, but also like you deserve to get like kind of a rundown of like what the fuck is going on. Right. I, 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 I'm, I'm with you. I it, 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 It's just such a bizarre, like, and I'm not saying like every guy just jumps to have sex right away and is like sex hungry, but like there's got to be a medium yeah. ground. Like the fact that they're just like laying next to each other, heavy petting, it's a high school relationship. And then he's, like, the way he's saying it is not very edible, you know? Yeah. The fact that there are sleepovers and there's like all this, I don't know. I guess like sometimes I'm just like, so if one person is like a virgin, I understand why that's like a tough different story pill to climb. It's like a different thing. But when you're like doing everything, but I'm like, well, what is the difference here? Like, what is it to, I don't know. Right. I, I, I think she needs to like interview him a little bit. Like it can't just be, I'll know when I, yeah. know. That, that, uh, no, Listen. that's not fair. It's not fair. And I think she has to say, I make my decision on whether I date someone and sex is a part of that pie. You know, like it's not all of it, yeah. but it's not none of it. So totally. the idea that I have to like wait till you're ready and then I'm the asshole who has sex with you and dumps you because it wasn't good enough or whatever. Not even to say it wasn't good enough, but like it wasn't my cup of tea. You yeah. know, you put me in a position where only I can be the dickhead. Yeah, and that's not fair. I would say something. You got to say something. I mean, but also part of this makes me like the like there's the other option is he's dating someone else and he doesn't feel comfortable. He's like trying to figure out how do I become morally ironclad, which is not something you can yeah. do if you're dating multiple people. Yeah. Yeah. It feels like there's there's something that you don't know. And I right. think you deserve to know it. Absolutely. And and the idea of like, she writes, how do I address this without feeling like I'm pressuring him? That's the shitty part of this. It's like, 
You know, like you're the one who, you know, se- what she has to uh, has to like be okay with is sex is not a frivolous item on the list of things you want from your partner. So right. having be saying, hey, I like I like to have sex and I this is a big part of why I date someone or getting deeper with them as a physical connection. It's okay to say that. I, I, I think when he says, yeah. when he makes it into this like deeper thing, now he's using morality to kind of keep you at bay. Yeah. I wonder if you could say like, listen, sex is important to me and I respect what, like how, if you want to wait, I respect that. But the way things are going right now is like making me like, there's a lot of ambiguity that's making me like lose trust in you in other ways because I'm like not sure of what's going on. So my, because of the lack of clarity, I'm like questioning all these different things. And so in order to like continue to trust you, like, can you just explain to me what your metric is here so that I cannot like let my mind wander to like some really fucked up places. Right. I I totally agree. I totally agree with that. I totally agree with the direction of that conversation. It's also like, what makes me worthy of sex and not worthy of sex? Like I, I'm getting to that point where I'm like, what the fuck do I need to do? Do, Have you ever been in a scenario that's similar to this? No. (laughs) (laughs) Can't relate. Sorry. Yeah. No, I, I have been in the situation where as a, like a guy being like, feeling like, okay, sex takes this to the next level. This is the only thing I can like empathize with him where it's like, and if he's, been in past relationships where he's ended things and someone goes you just went in a relationship just to have sex with me you go okay well i'm not gonna have sex anymore i'll just be goody two shoes and never get in trouble again it's like that's not a great way to date either so i i that's why i can there's a piece of this where i'm like i get it but i don't at all yeah i mean i've been in the position where i've said i want to wait but it's never been like that long like i've right on like the first two dates been like no <laughs> you're, like, you're like come on i gotta have two glasses of wine and then we'll figure this out yeah like. yeah or i've been like i've i've definitely like gone through i mean the last like couple of years i've been pretty like i feel like i'm being like i don't have sex on the first date anymore as like a real hero i'm a hero but like <laughs> i've literally done it as like a thing to be like okay can we like hang out and not have this just be like just sex and a lot right. of guys cannot. So it has like really changed things for me where I'm like, wait a second, you guys are all idiot sluts. Sure. So I've never been in. So like if he's doing that to be like, okay, I just want to make sure this isn't just sex. But the length of time, I'm like, you know, if it's, if right, it's just sex or not by, I don't know. It sounds like it's been like a couple months, like two or right. three months. I think in it's, it's a hard, I, I, I totally agree with the idea of like, you know, guys will just be like, okay, we've had sex now. Here's a you up text, whatever. And, yeah. and you know where your place, I don't think this guy knows his own relationship with sex. Yeah. And I think that's like the big, and like, and you, you're, what you're saying is like, oh, I don't have sex on the first date. Like that's you becoming comfortable with like what makes you feel good. I think this guy's off. He doesn't yeah. know yet. J train podcast yeah. at gmail.com J train podcast at gmail.com here with Ashley Hamilton celebrity memoir book club. Go, go, go get subscribed. Great podcast. You're going to love it. Go listen. You did a Will Smith episode. Oh yeah. I, uh, that's the one I got to <laughs> listen to. Am I getting lucky or am I lazy? Jared, thanks for doing the board Lord's work. I'll get to it. I dated profusely in NYC for the six years I lived there. Since moving to L.A. a few years ago, I feel like I have a super reduced quantity of dates and noticeable improvement with quality. In NYC, I would date so many people at a time, rarely be interested in a second date or simply forget someone. I kept a spreadsheet to keep track, but it was somewhat overwhelming. Well, I was reviewing said spreadsheet as I was uh, as I went to add a new line recently. I realized that I had a four-monther boyfriend right when I moved to L.A., another few months situationship after that, and then the COVID break. Then I got back with the four-monther briefly in 2020 before I met my last boyfriend right after. I dated said boyfriend for 18 months, breaking up in June 2022. After a two-month summer party period, I ended up in a three-month thing with the first date, 
back on Hinge. I took another two-month hiatus for work, holidays and work, and I'm already making traction with, yet again, my first date back on Hinge. We have a lot in common, and I find myself disinterested in any other matches. That was quite a history this person gave. I, 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 I guess the, what they're going to get at is that their first date on Hinge is someone that they're all of a sudden it with. Congratulations. Right. You did it. <laughs> I'm now wondering if I'm getting really lucky or if I'm being too lazy to date multiple people. I've never considered myself a serial monogamous and I have a very hard time liking being attracted to most people. I never push to be exclusive as usually it's, it is suggested by the guy or obvious we, we, that we aren't seeing other people. Should I be forcing myself to go on dates with more people while dating someone who I know checks a lot of boxes and, and is interested in me? Am I wasting time investing in one qualified suitor as a 30-year-old woman? Curious to hear your perspective. What do you think, Ashley? Well, I would um, add a third option between lazy and what was the other thing? Lazy or lucky. Lazy, lucky, or getting older and like knowing how to date better right like i guess it's like more um um efficient yeah i feel like if you so you said you lived in new york for six years and it Mm -hmm. sounds like you moved to la at least like a few years before the like a year or so before the pandemic so that means at this point we're talking about like a nine-year dating history Right. I do hope that during that time you've like kind of figured out what you're looking for a little better and like maybe on the apps you're doing a better job of like figuring out before you meet someone in real life if you're going to be compatible. So then when you meet those people in real life it turns into like a more there's more possibility for a relationship because you've like figured it out and then they figured it out better because I think if you're getting older you're probably dating people who are like aging up with you right. and everyone and just like is saying what they want better. I don't know. I totally agree with you on the idea that like just because it's the first person you went out with from the app isn't yeah. doesn't mean that that's the first person you looked at, the first person you matched with, the first person you spoke to over the app. Like the idea, we do become better at going towards the thing we want. So at yeah. 25 you probably went out with more people you never would have dated than 30. You probably are like, no, I, I know we're trying to fit in a keyhole here. You know? Yeah. Like right. when you look at a profile, you know what the big red flags for you are. You know what you're looking right. for. Those people who are also probably 30 or in their 30s are like looking for the like know what they're looking for. So if they choose you and you choose them and then you have like a decent conversation and then you meet in real life, like there's a bigger chance of that working than two 25 year olds who don't know shit. Right. At 25, you're like, I could date. And I'm just saying this, like you could be like, I could date a blonde. And then you go, and then at 30, you go, no, I don't date blonde. I've never worked out with a blonde. I'm never. And by, and I don't even think you do this like, knowingly i think you just are more like you know your 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 swipe finger just goes towards the things you know have worked before and will work again you're not taking you know this is i guess you're not taking as many chances yeah and that's probably i don't know like i am off dating apps right now what's that i'm I'm sorry I like quit dating apps. I don't i don't Mm. like it anymore (laughs) and i'm single and i'm just like out here being like i don't know what'll happen but i feel like one of the things I realized is that I was like matching with people where I was like, I would never ever meet this person in real life. So eventually our relationship will hit a stopping point where like our lives are so different that it's like, because we never would have met in real life. Right. Like to me, like getting outside the box in that way is actually not a good thing. Right. They're detours that like are taking you to nowhere that you know, you're going to have to walk back. And in your twenties, you know, your twenties are four. I could date a blonde, you know, like that's an example, but like I could date, you know, a teacher. I could date a finance person. I could date, you do that in your twenties and then your thirties, you go, ah, teacher out, finance out, you know, brunette out, blonde, you know, you, you kind of do that innately. Totally. You're like, here's what works for me. Here's what I know. Like, here's what I know. I like not necessarily who I know I'll like, but here are right. like the the here's the outline of what I probably will like. So if this person is in that outline, let's see if let's see if it works. And if it doesn't, right. it's fine. But you don't need to be dating 18 people at once when you're like 
in your 30s and you know what you're looking for. I love this because we're on the same exact page. And I think there's another part of this that needs to be acknowledged. And they wrote, I have the email in front of me. So sometimes the answer is in the email. What we just said is they're basically going towards their type, which is a good thing. You figured out your type. You're 30 years old. I know what I like. And wow, it's working out right away. They write, I have never considered myself a serial monogamous and have a very hard time liking being attracted to most people. I think they need to stop saying that. I think because I get that in a lot of emails and and it's like this like I, 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 I don't I don't I think the email is very nice. They're not special. They're not they 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 have they have the ability to meet someone with the same numbers and data as the next person so what a lot of people do is they write in i've heard this sentence before where they go i have a oh i have the hardest time getting to know people i don't like and i don't get attracted to everyone yeah you and everyone else bitch like it's not you're not alone on that so well especially new york and la like i also i'm like guilty of saying shit like that too and i have also Mm. lived in new york and la and i feel like the problem is new york and la specifically are two cities that have like a few million of the most unique people from their hometown like the people who, who like thought that they should move to new york and start like i'm like i should move to new york and start a podcast you know like right that's not who that better special. than me than me <laughs> yeah but it's i like i think all go special. ahead I'm it's sorry. all special people who think that they're the specialist people right so this together. person is yeah. this person is pre you know pre like preset to i'm i know i get along with nobody and it's like you, you know, you're actually going to get along with most people you match with at 30 because you've already done this pre-vet that you don't even aren't even aware of. So I think the most important thing for this person, and, and it's really more to what you said, Ashley, before it's like you, you're going out with these people. They are pe- they are your types. So let's get off yeah. of this high horse of like that. They're more special than the next person you would have gone along with. Let these people go quicker is really the point. Like if they don't really match your vibe, like it's not that you were lucky. It's that you were, you have taste and this person, it might be just okay and not the perfect match for you. So you need to like, don't put them on a pedestal. It's like the secondary advice. Yeah. J J train podcast at gmail.com. J train podcast at gmail.com. Here with Ashley Hamilton. Go follow at Ashley Ham 3Ms. We are sponsored, people. You'll go to great lengths to biohack your way to better mental health and physical performance. But what about the bedroom? Enter Joy Mode. Their sexual performance booster enhances sex drive and blood flow, resulting in better performance. It's easy to use. 45 minutes to four hours prior to sexual activity. Tear open the packet. Mix six to eight ounces of water. Just like your favorite electrolyte packet, you'll notice better blood flow, better erection quality and firmness, and increased sexual energy and drive. Boom, that's it. Here's what I love about Joy Mode. If you're a lady listening out there, if you have a male partner, that this is this is like a fun thing to do together. It sounds like it's like something he would do in a bathroom and mix it together and not tell you about. I think it's fun that you guys are like upping the ante together you're get like let's put some joy mode into the mix just like you mix the joy mode with water mix it with your you know you and your partner now you two are doing something a little different a little kinky a little fun so want to spice things up in the bedroom and boost your sexual performance and do it naturally without nasty prescription drugs joy mode has a special offer for j train listeners go to usejoymode.com slash j train or enter j train at checkout for 20 percent off your first order that's usejoymode.com slash j train for 20 percent off your first order thank you joy mode we're here with ashley hamilton celebrity memoir book club certified creep in my sheets Jared and company feather feather to the end of time. I listen to all your pods. I'm a you up with benefit subscriber and a Patreon subscriber. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You're worshiped by many. Well, that's too kind. So I ended things with my boyfriend of six years, six months ago. I'm 26 and just, uh, just knew for a while. It wasn't it. 
We lived together. He moved out. All is good. I'm feeling super happy and light and really loving being single. I've been dating a lot and about three months ago met one guy on Tinder while visiting friends in a town a few hours away. He and I clicked and ended up talking on the phone within the first week and then decided to meet up in my city even though he lives a little outside of it. Because I'm not looking for anything serious, I haven't even cared to find him on socials. We haven't ever met uh, one another's friends because we basically just hang out, drink, hook up, he sleeps over. This all worked well because he does shift work out of town and I work regular 9 to 5, so I prefer to stay at mine since I live alone and have a dog, so it's just much easier. Anyways, fast forward to last week. We go shopping one day for some clothes he wants to buy for a friend's destination wedding in the Dominican. From there, he is sleeping over and we have gotten pretty drunk. I remember he said to remind him to set his alarm to leave around 5 a.m. for his shift. So I grabbed his phone to do that as he passed out beside me. When I unlock the phone, it opens directly into a text convo of a girl saying, thank you so much. You always make me feel better. I love you. So I'm like, say what? I right. I like that they wrote say wah. And against my better judgment, scroll up to reveal these I love you's go back and forth. Also uncovering this upcoming destination wedding is for his sis for her sister, and this is his girlfriend. Oi. Completely Oi. stunned, I looked deeper and found he's sexting another girl in the town we originally met in. This guy, wow. So I am not hurt as much as I'm shocked. I said nothing and didn't sleep much and hurried him out the next morning, urging him to take his belongings. And he goes, why are you talking like I'm never going to see you again? I was sort of dazed and hurt by the fact that he clearly has lied about a lot and sort of questioned my own judgment and my dog's judgment, LOL. (laughs) Overall, just kind of made me feel really untrusting and gross that I was so trusting of a certified creep. So a few days of me being distant and he starts weirdly creeping my Facebook, sending pics of my ex, sending pics of my ex sitting at my apartment, mad that he was in the same spot that this new guy once was. Oh, my God. Classic cheater behavior. Getting mad at another guy. Totally nonsensical as my ex was obviously there in my life before this moron. After him not stopping, I eventually sent a pic I found of he and his girlfriend, her Facebook profile, and sent that screenshot and said not to talk to me. Proceeded to call me a hundred times then said I'd call the police and he stopped. So my question, do I tell the girlfriend also how was I so oblivious to such a loser? What do you think? This is a horrible email. This is sad. Yeah. Man, I don't know. I feel like there are the problem is there are two types of people who are in cheaty relationships, people who are completely blindsided by it and people who have like accepted that that's what's happening and they just don't want to know details. So okay, you like yeah. do take a risk when you are going to tell them to be like, okay, maybe they'll, maybe this girl has no fucking idea and she'll be so grateful. Or maybe you're like forcing her to confront something that she doesn't want to talk about and she'll take her anger out on you. Great point. Great point. You're totally right. It doesn't go toward, like if this is something they've dealt with in the past, it's never going to go towards him. You're the one who's embarrassed her and yeah, it's not good. It's not good. And it does, stuck because overall if you're saying that this was a relationship like okay the one like hole in this email is when you're saying like this was never going to be anything serious like it was never anything I don't even care I never stalked him on social I never did anything but then you're like my trust is broken I feel like how invested were you in the relationship because yeah go ahead I'm sorry No, and I feel bad because I overall I'm like, I've had that too, where I'm like, I don't even care. But then something bad happens or like something like happens where you don't trust them anymore. And you're like, well, fuck, I actually, I think do care a lot. And I didn't want to be a part of this situation. And even if you don't care about him, you care about like the integrity of the like situationship and it like sucks. Right. I I guess my takeaway from them saying like, I I think they're, not trusting their own judgment and yeah as opposed to like i i feel like they're hurt over the idea of like fuck how could i be so stupid would and i guess my on that i'm like you're not that anyone can lie like and if you're not and i think this is also like you know ashley how long have you been single for um like a year and a half 
when you got how long were you in a relationship before that like two years when you get out of the two-year relationship you're a different person than you are a year and a half later yeah right like i yeah. i know i am i would you know i got out of a relationship and i'm like okay i'm back out there you kind of try and dip your toe in you, you have more confidence than you maybe should have because you've been with someone who's telling you how great you are for however many years and months you're used to the physical stuff with your former partner. So you're like, you, you know, you, you're good at that for them, you know? And then, yeah. And I then feel you, like, Oh, I was going to say, no, you're keep going. You're spot no, on. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to say, I when after I got out of that relationship, the like second person I dated like pretty shortly after that, that was one that like really fucks me up when it ended because you're not in like, and it was like right after, like maybe a month after I got out of that relationship and you are like not in the headspace to think that someone is like playing games or fucking with you or lying to you and things like that. You're just like, Oh yeah, we're just like out here dating and it's fun. And then it turns out they're like a huge asshole and it like kind of catches you by surprise that there are people out there like acting in ways that like fuck you up you know what right. i mean you know, totally that's why like i think this person needs to be less hard on themselves the i you know they said they were in a six-year uh relationship and then six um and then ended things with my six-year relationship six months ago and this is it sounded like um the first person that they met on you know so yeah I've been dating a lot about three months ago met a guy on tinder it's like yeah, you're dating a lot. No one really goes that deep. Then someone that you like start to trust can be a liar. And when you don't look people on social media, you know, again, you're going to be smarter than and that's smarter. I hate that's not the really the right word, but like you're going to be a a different dater for the next person that you fall for than this person. And that's the sad part of life. That's like life hitting you in the face. That That's realizing there's liars out there and that that's realizing some things are too good to be true. And I, I don't think it's really the idea that like they're like, I don't care about this. Well, I think the, the one thing to learn from this is like you're not the only one with feelings in this relationship. So yeah. when you don't care, oh, this is fun and flirty and sexy. Okay, well what is this other person getting from that? You know, what is it for them? Yeah, that's, yeah. And I think, yeah, going easy on yourself when you're saying like, oh, I was just going into this relationship to like have fun. So then you weren't being your most diligent self that you would right. be going into a relationship looking for like a future partner or someone that you want to date more long-term. Like you weren't like looking for red flags right. in the same way because you you saw a bunch of them up front you were like okay we don't even live in the same city we like right. this like i don't know who his friends are i don't know anything about him so like you knew that you didn't know these things and you didn't care that you didn't know these things because you didn't want this to get more serious so like no one got one over on you while you were being your most diligent right you know? and, and and this is kind of the problem you know so many women right into this podcast are like i'm have you know i had my fun summer period Guys don't really do that where they have this like on off switch between fun yeah. Jared and relationship Jared. Like there's just I'm having fun. Then suddenly this is the person I'm having fun with. Now I'm in a relationship. It's not like, you know, the idea of like hoe phase. I you don't hear guys talk about this. And it's like sometimes that can work to your detriment where you're like, I'm in my hoe phase. I won't even look them up on social media. It's like. I heard met a guy on Tinder and didn't look them up on social media. And I was like, well, oh, my God. Like, no, 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 you need. Yeah, I honestly uh, thought we were going to get something worse. <laughs> right, 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 right. I, I, I totally agree. So it's like, you know, I, the idea of like, even if you're doing, quote unquote, the hoe phase, like, that's not a reason to not be a good buyer. That's not a reason to not look at the Yelp yeah. reviews. That's not a reason to go. You know, you have to remember, like, some of this stuff gets so... It's so like built into our society and built into our like, and also it's on the phone that you message your mom and dad on. So like you automatically trust people weirdly. Like if you had a separate phone for people you met on Tinder, you'd be weirder with that phone. You'd yeah. just be different. You'd be like more cautious. You you know, I think because we're in the same text bubble that our parents are in, we're like, 
oh, well, we're getting along swimmingly. This is they they don't lie just like my parents don't lie. But there are liars out there. There's a lot of liars out there. And I think I feel like that's the thing of like getting back into the dating pool after like six years out. People are crazier than you remember. Right. <laughs> they right. just are. People are fucking lunatics. <clears throat> so you met one and now you know that do moving you, forward, there's some red flags. Do you contact the girlfriend? I, I don't would think, say no. I don't think there's a wrong answer to this. I hate how it becomes this like yeah. I I this contact the I am against it. I I think the fact that he's you said that she even wrote that he has other women too uh, in addition to the girlfriend. The fact that he's sleeping, he's going shopping with you. Here's the thing. When I'm when I see a, a burning a house on fire, I run away. I'm not a firefighter. The, and let's look at all the facts here. He's shopping with you for a wedding that is his girlfriend's sister. Okay? If you have the capacity to lie about those things, I think you're actually a more dangerous human being. And that is someone I want to be dealing with less than more. I want to run away from this. I think they need to, like, think of their own safety and think of their uh, uh, listen. Tell your friends and family about this guy. Let it be known. Give the name out. Like let the community know that this person exists. Your own community, because yeah, this is all kind of like like it, it, it's like if you're willing to lie about this, what are you also willing to lie about? Like I, I and I hate to go into the dark side of danger, but I, this f- sends danger flares out to me. Yeah, and he like works on a ship. You don't want to. You don't want to end up. Right. You don't want to end up in one of those fishing bags. Is it I don't a know ship? What is that what it was, or is it? I, I thought, thought he was on, on shifts. Ship. Oh, I thought it was a shift on a ship. <laughs> Maybe. Okay. Yeah, if it's a shift or a ship, we don't want anything to do with this guy. I, I think you got to run away, um, and because I I agree with you, it goes in one of two directions. One's bad, and one is just whatever. And he just doesn't. I don't know if you're willing to lie about that much stuff. I'm out. Yeah. Train podcast at gmail.com. Train podcast at gmail.com. Here with Ashley Hamilton. Ashley, this has been fantastic. Can we do one more? Is that okay? Yeah. Let's do one more. I got a shorter one because we're we're already like deep into this episode. We we talked a lot oh, yeah. about Celebrity <laughs> Memoir Club. Go, go, go. Go follow Ashley Hamilton at Ashley Ham with three M's. Um, okay. Paying for dates, SOS. Jared, an esteemed guest, and Shelby. First time, long time, feather, feather. My boyfriend and I have been together for two years. We're both in our late 20s and financially independent and stable. Early on in dating, I was super awkward about letting him pay for dates. Insert independent woman complex. I screwed myself, she writes. He now thinks I like paying for dates. To be honest, I'm fine with splitting, but now I find myself paying for so many dates, uh, so many more dates than him. Like I struggle to not grab the bill. What do I do? How do I tell him I want uh, I want him to pay for dates? Sincerely, pay for the bill, batch. What do you think? This is tough. That is <laughs> tough. I've actually been in that situation before. Um, luckily, we just broke up. Okay. I, <laughs> I could <laughs> start new with why. someone else. Yeah, that has nothing to do with why we broke up, but it was something where, like, later in the relationship, one of the things I was noticing is I was like, "Whoa, I pay for a lot." <laughs> right. Um, man, that is hard because you're like, we're both fine, but also like, I don't know, I guess I, okay. If you see yourself marrying this person, think about long-term what the financials are going to look like and Mm. how you need to set that up now. Because if right now you're paying for a lot of dinner, but like long-term you guys are going to like, I don't know. Long term, there's like bigger, bigger fish to fry, like house buying and things like that. That might factor in, but well, I don't know. I, I, I kind of disagree. I think this needs to be she needs to address this because. Yeah. And I think the only reason I think she needs to address this is what she's not saying in her email. And I'm going to make an assumption. And because she writes that we're both independent and stable. And then she writes that she took care of the dates in the beginning. And now I find myself paying for so many more dates than him. She doesn't say it's financially 
detrimental to her. So because I think yeah. she would have mentioned like, hey, I'm like having trouble with rent because of all these dates I'm paying <laughs> for. I think she's turned off. Yeah. I, and I think that's what she's kind of dancing around. Like to me, it's like and I think that's a easier. It's a this is a difficult conversation. Don't get me wrong. It's a difficult yeah. conversation. But I think she's like, oh, my God. She when she writes, I screwed myself in all caps. That's very funny to me. And it's yeah. like she's like, I'm not she screwed herself because she's like, now I'm like on a dinner date with my guy and I want him to pay and I can't. And I feel like I've like ruined my opportunity to be turned on by this very small thing. That's not a big deal. And now it's getting at me because now I'm thinking about it more. The numbers are off. He he's I've paid. And now, cause I think you go down the road of like the rabbit hole of like, and now I'm paying for more. And now you're even more turned off than you were before, yeah. you know? It, like, like, and now you, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say, it becomes like a weird little thing where like, you like make plans to hang out and you're like, okay, he wants to go out to dinner. And so then you're out to dinner and you're just like, I would have been perfectly happy to just like eat like pasta in my house tonight. But because you wanted to hang out now I've spent like $70 on our dinner. And I like, didn't really want to do that today. (laughs) And then you're like kind of pissed off and you're like, well, they didn't really do anything wrong, but I didn't speak up. And so now I've spent way more money than I wanted to. I'm just like a random Thursday. Why are we doing this? Right. And it would have been nice if he had picked this one up and been like, I wanted to take you out. Now I feel like I like kind of forced a business meeting for us. Yeah. I think what she needs to do is she needs to, the talk has to be, Hey, I really would like you to take me out. It kind of turns me off that you don't take me out and put it in those terms because you could say like all, you know, you're two years in with someone. Hey, two years is a nice time for a check-in of like, Hey, I've been thinking a lot lately. We went out two weeks ago. I foot the bill. It just felt like two friends going out that I paid for like a friend. I am a woman who wants to be taken out. And I just yeah. let you. And I think saying I am, it turns me on when, 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 when you take me out, put it in those terms. So it's like, okay, he knows the level he has to achieve. He knows the game he has to win. He can, now this is an easy win for him. It's like, take her out. She's turned on. I am better boyfriend for it. Now you give him a small win instead of like, well, you were 10 to seven, you know, like it's, yeah. I, I think put it in those terms and it will be better off. Yeah. I feel like a thing to always remember is that no one can like fix something they don't know about. So right. if he doesn't know that this is a problem and he thinks like, oh, she just likes this and she's enjoying it. And secretly you're like simmering below the surface, like ready to explode. Right. It's like almost not fair at this point to be mad at him until he knows. And if he doesn't fix it once he knows, then then you can be mad. Well, then it becomes another issue. It's like you didn't even do the thing that I told you turns me on. Like, yeah, as opposed to, hey, I was thinking about last week when we went out. I was kind of let down by dinner. It turns me on when you take me out. And if that's not enough to communicate to him, then you have bigger communication issues like and that then that kind of now that kind of motivates him like guys like turning on their girlfriend like I, I, I do believe that. So like and a lot of guys like I can fix this like it, yes. it's not like it's not like the vague like I want you to want. No, take me out. It turns me on. Done. Yeah, I had um an ex where one time like early in the relationship, I don't even know what got into me. I was like trying to be all like a stupid, cool girl idiot. And I was like, yeah, yeah flowers. That's so stupid. Like getting people flowers. That's dumb. <laughs> right. And obviously that's not dumb. I love getting flowers. Fucking buy me flowers and whatever. Yeah. And so then like a couple months later, I think I like, oh, it was, I don't know when this episode is coming up, but Valentine's Day is coming up and it it's was coming, like right it, around Valentine's Day. And I said something about like doing something cute for Valentine's Day. And he's like, oh, well, you said you don't even like that. And I was like, oh, I don't know why I said that. That wasn't true. Right. <laughs> I was like, right. I think I was trying to sound cool. Um, right. I, the, I, poli- like- the policy at Ashley <laughs> Hamilton Inc. has changed. <laughs> I was like, just so you know, that was not true. So <laughs> right. keep that in mind. And then Valentine's Day came around and he like didn't get me flowers and he didn't give me anything. And I was like, he's like, well, you said you didn't like that cutesy shit. And I was like, yeah, yeah. But remember like a month ago when I told you that that was a lie? And he was like, oh, okay, sorry. And then like a couple months later, like something came up again. And 
maybe this all happened in like November because then it was by Valentine's Day. I was like, oh, well, we didn't do anything for Valentine's Day. And he's like, oh, well, you said you didn't like it. And I was like, what? We had this conversation like three times now where I do like that cutesy shit. And he's like, well, I think Valentine's Day is like stupid because you can just do cute shit any day of the year. And I was like, but you don't do cute shit any day of the year. Right. At all. And so this is the one day a year for people who aren't doing little romantic things all the other days of the year. You have one day a year to just it's prescribed it's in the calendar they there's women standing on every corner with fucking roses that you just have to grab them just get one right and it's very easy and you didn't do it and so like if that's the thing is if you bring it up and then they keep not doing it then it can become like that's when you that's a bigger red flag (laughs) that's a well that's the the moment to go oh we have a bigger issue yeah. You know, where, where, what is this? What am I doing with this person that didn't exactly. even listen to like my needs? J train, po- J train podcast at at com. Ashley Hamilton, thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. This was a blast. Everyone go follow Ashley at Ashley Ham with three M's. Celebrity Memoir Book Club comes out every Tuesday. Get subscribed. They have an Instagram page. You can go follow TikTok. Go, go, go. I'm Jared Freed. We're here every Monday with your emails, your stories, your questions. Keep sending them in. We'll be back next week. Boom.